Welcome back to the show. I am your host, Hayden Oakley, and this is the Alt Ego Podcast. On today's episode, we were talking with Max. He is up late, uh, formerly frontman of Aftertouch. We talked today about how Aftertouch kind of fizzled out and became up late. It's a bit of a convoluted story, but definitely one worth listening to. There's a lot of lessons in here about what it means to be an artist and how you know how you can forge your own career. Uh, you know, using a bit of intuition and self-awareness. We also talk about a little bit of beef, a little bit of drama. Um, we talk about how people should be better at singing because obviously us local band musicians uh, are the adjudicators on this topic. Oh, fucking hell. Okay, enough of that. Here's the show. Check, check, check. Check one, two. Dude, I just checked out that static dress band. That band is fire. Dude, a fucking... They're my favorite band. Actually, no. I've got another band that I fuck with heavily. You know, Lil Lotus's new project with like... Oh, yeah. I fuck. Yeah. I fucking love that band. I'm like a massive, like old emo guy. What's that band called again? If I Die First. Their visuals aren't as like impressive and like the artistic integrity isn't like quite there, but like it's still sick. It's throwback as fuck. Yeah. I don't know if you really fucked with that. I really... Yeah, I listened to it. Yeah, I think um, I think I liked uh, um, Lotus's like singing voice more than the other dude. Yeah, Zubin's pretty hit and miss. I feel like they're just like so high. Like I'm just like fuck, do you just like sing normally. Like that's my thing. I remember like playing in like heavy bands and stuff, and literally every time we go and track anything or like I'd write any singing part, you have to sing like everybody this. would just be like sing so high, bro. And like I like have like a normal like a pretty like low talking voice as of you know as normal so like trying to sing like full and post hardcore was just fucking pain man like on tour trying to sing that high like every single night yeah dude but yeah i don't know how these is do it i tried like covering um fucking (laughs) one of them just like at home like just like yeah. No one's looking. It's like, all right, I'm going to try and see if I can belt those notes like that. And it's like, fuck. It's like yeah. exhausting in the studio. Imagine doing that shit live. Fuck that. It'd be impossible, man. Like, they would just have to have tracks everywhere, dude. There's, like, literally no fucking way on earth that, like, they could do it. It's literally impossible. There's, like, uh, even, like, hardcore bands and stuff, yeah. like, that have hectic high scene that post hardcore bands. It's just, like, no one can ever pull that yeah. off live. Like, if I can even, like, you know, Marcus from North Lane is, like, Probably, like, the best singer, like, one of the best singers in, like, Australia right now. And he's like, sick, and but he's not perfect. Like, like, he's not perfect. And, like, that's... Nah, and that's the fuck part. It's, like, if that's, like, the standard... The, I mean, I, I'm kind of... I'm on, this, on the fence about it because I think it's really sick. But then at the same time, it's, like, if that's, mm. like, the, the upper limit of, of, like, what the standards are, then that yeah. kind of sucks. Because it's, like, why can't we have you know people that are as good live as on record that do really extended range singing and screaming and shit it's like mm. well the the thing is like the 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 reason that that is is because fuck man like like people learning to sing the trajectory is exactly the same as like people like like the the access to like doors and recording software became like democratized so like now before where like melodyne was like you know 600 us to get mm. no one was like shooting their vocal that hard in studio because they didn't have the money to afford the software then like logic 10 it was built in and everyone was just like fuck like we can just do it so chill and then melodyne were like fuck we have to step up our game so we have to offer it super cheap i think it's like a subscription service now anyway like now everybody's like oh i can sing and it's like bro you can't sing like you just 
like have melodyne like you can afford it now yeah like that's just how it is like the whole like the trajectory of that is like because i remember like one day like suddenly i fucking turn around and i'm like every motherfucker on dreambound is like singing like fucking a c10 like bro it's like not <laughs> that's not real like even me man like i, I i'm like for hitting missing like i had a coaching for years like to try and be good and like fuck man like one show you can be crazy and next show you can be shit like it's just how it is man like, yeah singing is crazy singing is so hard it's the hardest thing i've ever had to do in my life and i fucking choose to do it like, every single fucking day i mean like it's the but, most yeah. like gratifying i mean like it's different to any other instrument because it's it's it, it's your whole body doing the job and i feel like 100%. when it's good it is the most satisfying thing in the world there's nothing that's like mm. that's more satisfying than being like i am like creating this sound entirely on my own and it's like this is exactly what i want it to be and it's like you can't yeah. really get that same satisfaction playing anything else at least in my experience but no nah, man like and i think too like people don't know this like but subconsciously they do like every other instrument where i look at it is every instrument you can see it right like you can see someone like playing guitar you can see someone hitting a snare drum like they know what fret they're about to hit they know how to like where their fingers have to be to play the chord but when you sing man like it's it's fucking a magic trick like no one knows what it looks like in your throat and that's the way that you make the sound that's why singing is the craziest shit because people don't realize it's a fucking magic trick dude like mm-hmm there's no frets. There's no tuner. It's just. But even now, dude, there's like there's like tuners live. Like there's tuning pedals. Yeah, like people are running their voice true. through Ableton. Like it's it's everything now is like. But that's the thing. Like with with what I'm trying to do now with Uplate, it's like I'm you know I spent so long being in studio, like trying to be perfect, like you know learning it, like you know having a scene coach, playing live, like you know getting slammed. You know I remember once like we played in Melbourne, it was sold out. Like we're supporting someone. I can't remember. And um, our drummer, like, he um, went to, like, hit the ride or something and, like, um, the fucking, I don't know, something broke. And then, like, he was, like, off on the tracks and, like, the whole the whole set was, like, a shit show. So, like, I wasn't feeling it and I wasn't seeing as well because I was, just, like, I was trying to look back at him, making sure that he was all good. And, like, we had, like, a dude flinging on guitar as well. And then straight after that show, like, um, went back and, like, noticed that, like, not as many people had, like, hit us up because, like, that was, like, a big metric. You know, and it still is for me, like when you perform live, like how many people are recording you, how many people follow you after a show yeah. that tells you, at least for me, how good a show was very few did. And then I remember like the following day, like we're driving back, um, from Melbourne and like, like this article came up now, like, full slam, they so hard saying like how shit we were. And this podcast came out, like, like smashing us, like saying that we we're so shit, like, da, 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 like I couldn't sing and all this. Like, I think I know the podcast then, you're like, talking about. Those guys are pretty brutal. Which, uh, yeah, what, I don't even remember what they're called. Like, it's like a, what is it? Should I say it? I mean, like. Can we, yeah, can we edit? Yeah, like, fuck it. Let's. I'm going to name drop some no, shit. I don't even care, bro. Go. <laughs> What's the name? It starts with a B, isn't doesn't it? it? Backbone or something like that? It isn't. Yeah. I, I don't think it's the same backbone as. Because there's the backbone management agency. There's back. Yeah, that's my friend Gab. Yeah, I don't want to shit on him because he's a jerk. Like all those bands. I don't bands, think it's anything so. to do with those guys, though. I like I know I remember the name oh, Backroom okay. and attached to this, but I don't think it's like actually the same the same group of people. Oh, okay. All right. Well, the other ba- the other group, I'm calling you out. Let's 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 go for it. I'm starting beef. Yeah, dude, get them. I mean, it's like you're in a different I wanna, space I wanna, now. I want to start beef. Oh man, I'll be in all spaces, dude. Like, come for me. <laughs> let's do it. Oh no. Uh, I don't, I, yeah, but anyway, like all that stuff is like you know. It, it it messes with with your with your head and it and it makes you feel like um like it's it's important to do that like it's humbling and I think um you know when 
if, if you, if you're putting out music and you're like, you're, I don't know, you're doing photos, you're doing design, you're doing art, whatever it is. Like if you, you have to like, almost, it sounds super cliche, but like you have to like almost make peace that people are going to shit on it regardless. Like yeah. even if it's good, like people are just going to be pissed off for no reason because they don't have anything better to do with their lives. Yeah. And, you know, and that's totally cool. And like, that's just like the name of the game sometimes. Like if you go out there and you know, you drive fucking 10 hours to go and play like some pub somewhere and like you're so G'd up because your first time playing in the city or whatever, or you're playing this band that you love, you know, it, it doesn't matter because you know, or it doesn't matter. That's the wrong, that's the other thing doesn't matter. Like if people shit yeah. on you, that's cool. That comes with it. Like, yeah, and yeah. it's like it's kind of a good thing if there are people shit on you because you don't want to be in an echo chamber because then you can just like end up just thinking everything you shit out is gold and you end up making like some really shit yeah. records and it's just like nobody wants that. We did that, man. Like I, we did that. Like at the end of the last band, like no one even told us it was good. To be honest, yeah, people didn't tell us it was good. People told us it was shit. But um, yeah, we did like a, an EP back when we were after such. And, you know, we thought it was good. And there was, like, a lot of other factors as well that probably played into it that we weren't super switched on to understand. Um, and, yeah, that that record, it was, like, a four- or five-track EP, I can't remember now, but it didn't even get – I think it, we mixed it mm. with the engineer and, like, it just – it sounded not good. And the songs just weren't good. And I think that the engineer didn't really understand what we were going for. And to be honest, I didn't think we understood what we were going for. Yeah. And then that, yeah, never even, never even eventuated. So, like – it's tough, man. Like, it's tough making stuff that, that you believe in because, man, like, sometimes you don't even believe in yourself, which is... I feel thing. like that's, like, a fatal first step. It's just, like, you know, the the chemistry needs to be mm. right beforehand. And that, I, I feel like that's the hardest part, creatively, um, is having the right environment to make the, the right stuff. Because, like, I know for most people, when they make their best, you know, or I don't want to say best, for, for, like, when... An artist debuts and they put out something that's really monumental and everyone like gets behind. It's always stuff that has been on a slow boil over the last like, you know, 10 years. It's like, oh, this is like the ideas that they've mm. always wanted. And it's like things that come together yeah. like in, in a really natural way. That Those are the things that pop off really well, which is why you have so many bands that put out their first record and it's like massive. And then their second record, it's like a massive flop. It's because they can't like mm. re, you know. Yeah, the- hundred percent. I think like the like a really good example of that is is Fallout Boy. Like I think like all the like the the first few records were super sick and like from under the culture it was like amazing. But then it really wasn't until um, uh, Infinity on High that it was like okay, cool. Like we've been able to synthesize everything, but I've been able to create something that's like you know still pop punk, but um, you know an actual kind of like a charting like pop rock record fusing like a lot of different genres like I, I i agree i think and even like black bear as well like black bear like released like i don't know how many like eps and mixtapes and albums before like you know he ever got the hot Obama. like he had songs with machine gun kelly and like was still like not you know a massive artist yet you know what i mean yeah. like so um i think that's that's something that like i'm trying to continually um remind myself of that like even if you know i put out a hundred songs like you know in the next 18 months like it might still not happen until you know another several years down the track like that's just kind of how how it works oh fuck maybe one of them will, will go viral on tiktok and you know i'll get a check but whatever yeah. <laughs> until then until then man all right well i'm just gonna kind of tr- uh, railroad this conversation uh into like the kind of the subject matter that i like to dive into on this podcast um on this show we mm. kind of we take what uh, you've done in the past and we kind of try and contextualize it with a bit of hindsight and, you know, kind of explain your journey as a creative from when you first 
figured yeah. out that you wanted to make a noise and have people listen to it um, up until, you know, where you are now mm. and like where you're heading in the future. So with that in mind, yeah. let's jump back to the start, man. When did you start flexing your creative muscles? What was the first thing you kind of grasped onto and thought, you know, I, you know, I want to, I want people to um, see what I've made. Um, I think I was like three. My mum put me in guitar lessons super young. And um, I remember this one time, it's like one of my earliest memories. I'm like in uh, my bedroom, my mum comes in. Oh, it's, I think it was my mum and dad. And I was just like strumming the guitar, like not playing any frets. Um, and like, just like mumbling words, like as if I was like singing a song. And I remember that they like peeked their head around. And like, I was like a super shy kid. I was an early child. So I didn't have like, a you know, probably the best social skills. Like, I think I was just, you know, super, super introverted. So as soon as they came around, like, I was like incredibly embarrassed. I put the guitar down. I freaked out. I was like, don't watch me. Like, and then, you know, I think ever since then, my parents kind of knew that I was into perhaps performing, but I was so introverted and shy and I lacked so many social skills that I just wasn't able to kind of capitalize on that early. So, you know, I never, I never did. I, I stopped playing guitar like when I was super young. I think I was only in guitar since like a year and I was just like 24 seven chucking tantrums and just like being little brats. So, like my mom just pulled me out. It was like, all right, fuck, fuck music. Like you're not going to do it. Like you're just going to do sport like everybody else. Yeah. Um, and then it's funny, like it was like kind of a, of a, a turning point because then, you know, I was like playing sports and like, you know, kind of developing social skills, went to school and all that. And then I was totally fine. And I wasn't until probably like, if I was like 11, I picked up a guitar again and got lessons. And then I started performing. Um, I, I started playing like guitar and I, I don't know why I like didn't really gel with it, but like for some reason I really gelled with bass and then I was like super into hip hop and rap at the time. Um, and so I was like playing heaps of bass lines from from rap songs and i was actually just playing the 808 line but on a bass guitar and then i started to perform like in a school band and then that was when i was like okay cool like i'm i'm able to do this again and at like i think i was like around yeah probably like around like 12 like some of my friends at school were like super into like you know like goth and emo bands like um like 69 eyes cradle of filth him stuff like that so i would always hang out at their places like you know, every hour after school, listening to heaps of stuff like that, started getting the heavier stuff. And then I think at like 13, I like started a band, like a heavy band with, with some of my school friends. And um, yeah, I think through that, like we were trying to play shows, we had no idea what to mm. do. And then it just so happened that I met this guy at a show when I was like about yeah 13, who was like a couple of years older, who was playing in a band. And I was like, yeah, dude, like I'm a screamer. And he's like, oh, that's sick. Like we recorded a record. Um, but our screamer left, like, do you want to try out? And I was like, fuck yeah. So like my mom dropped me off at his house and uh, <laughs> I like memorize, I memorized the record. And I just screamed before him, like into like this fucking dodgy ass mic. And he was like, bro, like you're crazy. Like you're joining my band. So then at like 14, I started to play like pubs and stuff like across, um, Sydney. Little did he know just kind of that distortion was the microphone clipping. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. He thought I was like some beast and I was like, you know, fucking hadn't even hit puberty yet or something. Like, I was like this little short ass kid with like long hair, like, rah. That's so, so sick. It's, fu- it's funny how shit like that. But yeah, that's, that's like that's the first story, band, yeah, really? Like Is that like. Yeah, that was the first band. Yeah, we we're called Above City Skies. Above City Skies. You know, that's surprisingly good name for a first band. Like, I like to talk to people oh, about yeah. what their first band names are. There's some, there's some fucking garbage ones out there, but that's not bad. That's oh, not cringe. Nah, nah, dude. 
Dude, I uh, know because I was playing. I played in a band like the band before then, like that we couldn't even play a show with. That was called "It's Not Orange Season." Oh, dude, I, that's yeah. Look, that's that's kind of funny and a not in like the cringe way. Like I'm thinking mm. like bands like where they call themselves like Devil's Eyes or you know, oh okay, yeah, bleeding from within. You know, shit like that. That's probably actually. Dude, I, reckon my, I would have loved to have named my band that. But like, um, I reckon my mum would have been too mad. So that's probably why I didn't do it. Like, <laughs> so yeah, we need. Because my mum had to drive me everywhere. Like, if she knew I was playing in a band that was like devils something, she would have been like, "Come on, like." Yeah, we we, we need to hit that 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 Christian band aesthetic. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, hundred percent. Like, what's that band in Fear and Faith? Like, yeah, that's. I'm not a Christian, but fuck, I'll get down with the Lord for a breakdown. Fucking you know earth, I mean? man! Like for today and shit. I'm like those riffs still no. go hard. <laughs> oh, bro. Yeah, that dude can sing, man. He was like the drummer. Hey? Yeah, I think so. Same as like Code Orange, dude. Oh fuck, bands that have drummer vocalists, I fuck with so hard. I like, I respect that shit so dude. much. It is crazy, yeah. But um, yeah, I wish, man. I wish. So those early years, like you kind of got pushed into doing um guitar lessons, then then you you built up like a love for music. In your house as a kid, mm. was there a lot of musical influence? Like your family have like you know artistic proclivities at all yeah my my mum's a really good singer um she she's a um some of my more like super early memories like she's had this like blue volvo ended up getting stolen and like burnt out like it was pretty gnarly but i remember when i was super young she would drive me around and she would always play in excess hell yeah and um like so she would always sing them and like same with like the cure as well so like my mum my having when she was pretty young and like she was like a you know super into punk and rock and like she was always like sneaking into shows and stuff so she so she had like a love for for alternative music and and used to always try and play me bands like she was she was really good with it like even when i was you know in my early teens like she was super keen on me doing music and like building a skill but my dad my dad's um super into like americana and 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 custom cars and you know from the 50s and 60s and even earlier so like he was um he was playing like a lot of rockabilly um, and like psychobilly. So like just like super fast punk music with just like super weird, like 20 vocals. Yeah. Um, and then, so, and then obviously like he was like super, you know, like Metallica and stuff as well. So he was playing that, but, but yeah, I think it was, it was more so like my mum playing, you know, Michael Hutchins voice and like singing along to it and stuff that like that, that was kind of what, what I remember from like music, like from, a, you know, my childhood. Yeah. Is that is that what you more gravitated towards? Like that's what you kind of like latched onto, as like yeah, I think like the, the Cure. The Cure was like the big one for me when like, when she played me the Cure and then she showed me Robert Smith and like how weird he was. Um, well, that's what I thought at the time, obviously. But um, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like this this guy's crazy. Like he doesn't care about you know, I guess like norms. Like I, he was like, kind of like one of the first dudes I remember that that just looked so far out. And um, my my auntie as well. She um, she would pick me up from school every now and then because I was super tight with my little cousin. And um, she she had the Cure's Greatest Hits record as well in her car, so she would play it all the time for me as well. And then on top of that too, actually, she gave me I think I was like probably like eight or nine. She gave me like a like kind of like one of those like fake iPod shuffles, like an MP3 yeah. player. And um, she uh, she loaded it with. Um, I can't remember, but I think it was like a couple of Fallout Boy songs because that's what I wanted. Um, and then she did, I think the rest of it, she just loaded on um, like um, Interpol. Um, 
And one of the songs, you know, Iron Threesome. And then it was funny because I would listen to Fall Out Boy all the time and then an Interpol song would come on and I was like, man, I actually like Interpol a lot more. Like, and I was probably 10 or 11 and like, you know, this dude's like, you know, singing about like super intense lyrics, you know, about like leaving his his wife because like, you know, she wanted to have like, or she wouldn't want to have a threesome and stuff <laughs> like that. And I'm like, God, what is this dude talking about? Like, this is crazy. But um, but yeah, so so yeah, I think I think it was like a lot of like the, the more kind of like emo-y, emo kind of bands like before like emo was really emo you know what i mean like i think that's that's what i kind of gravitated towards like, yeah or mu- music a with the, a more of a um yeah. emotionally intense connotation i guess yeah yeah for sure for sure i feel like that's like a like a, a strong narrative that carries across like a lot of people that i talk to that come from this world is like always gravitate uh, always gravitating towards that music that has like, I mean, look, every every song's, you know, generally about some kind of feeling or emotion, but like, I don't know, I guess those like super uh, intensified, almost melodramatic, um, yeah, you know, selfward, uh, not selfward, inwardly um, destructive kind of yeah. patterns. Uh, I think, I think yeah. that's like, yeah, a really big thing that brings people like into this world. And it's just interesting that, yeah, that, like even as a kid, like you had this yeah, vibe like of like, yeah. nah, this is, this is the shit that I fuck with. Yeah, hundred percent. I think I think it like yeah, it comes down to like not like I was like I said I, I I didn't I lacked probably like a lot of social skills when I was super young, but I was very fortunate to have like a really strong group of friends at primary school and then into high school. But I think that there was always that still still that same kind of like tether or line within me that was like you know when I got home from school, um, you know my parents were great, but like a lot of the time I would probably just hang in my bedroom by myself so i'd like always kind of like be like really insular and like really yeah inward listening to music and that's that sounds a lot more sad than what it was <laughs> like it was pro- i was probably super lucky to be able to have that kind of like peace and quiet and and calmness um within my life at that time but um yeah that's 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 perhaps why i like that music that's a little bit more somber and chill because you know it's kind of hard to to listen to something that's like super intense when you're just kind of like lying in your bed with your eyes closed you know yeah what I, mean? So. I mean like can't relate i used to fall asleep listening to like fucking lincoln park and shit but <laughs> <laughs> and i got i got there in the end like you know i got i got there with the rock stuff like it, it happened but um yeah no that's super cool dude so um you're saying mm. how you kind of ended up having your first like band that you'd really you know, acknowledge as being like a band uh, when you're like 13 years old. Um, tell me about yeah. that band. Like, how did that get together? And, you know, when did that wrap up and what did you achieve in that time? So, yeah, I think I, I, I can't even remember. Maybe it was at a show. Maybe it was just even like online. Like, maybe it was on like Facebook or something that I met. I met the guy who was kind of like the, the band leader per se, like the guitar player. And um, he, uh, we we were just chatting. Yeah, I told him I was like, I'm a screamer, da, da, da. and he's like, we lost our screamer. Can you come up? We lived in Campbelltown at the time, so I came up, and then I did that whole day with him. And he's like, yeah, man, like you got to fully be in the band. Then the end of that day, there was a show at Lake Illawarra PCYC, which was like my local PCYC. Yeah. So we went down to the PCYC, and I can't even remember what what band it was, but um, that's when we were kind of like, all right, cool, like. We're, we're both like super into the scene, like this is going to be the shit. And one of my, my high school friends at the time was there and he played bass. And um, 
we were like, dude, you should join the band and play bass. And he was just like, he didn't even try out. He's like, yeah, fuck it. Like, I'll just do it. Mm. Like, and he was so bad, dude. Like, <laughs> uh, it's like, it was just like, we're all so bad at instruments. Anyway. Yeah. So we would play like nearly every weekend, um, just supporting random bands here and there. It was like a super heavy, like kind of like beat down, like every, every riff was essentially a breakdown, like super slow. Yeah. What year was um, this roughly? And yeah, I think, I'm, oh, fuck man. So it was like over 10 years ago now, like oh, 10 or so. It's like 10 or 11. So probably like 2010, yeah. 2011. Yeah. Probably around yeah. then. But um, that shit was pretty yeah, big. So it was like super heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so we, we would play like nearly every weekend, you know, like Lewisham, St. Mary's, like a lot in Western Sydney. Um, I think like the biggest thing we ever really did was like, we supported like Sienna skies and, and hand of mercy. Like, Fuck yeah. 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 So like, see, that was like you know, crazy being, being about 14, like playing shows and then going back to school, like, you know, down South. Um, cause it was always like an, an hour and a half or two hours on the train or, or luckily, you know, maybe like my mom would drive me or something. But um, so it was like cool to like go back to school and be like, yeah, I fucking, I was like singing on the weekend. Like, here's a video. There's like 12 people, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so cool. But um, yeah, I think like what, what I, yeah, what I like really achieved was just like, you know, like being confident, like learning how to like actually like perform with a microphone was like yeah. a big thing and how to actually conduct yourself at a show and like how, how to, how to, you know, think think as though like you want this to actually happen as a career like that's probably what i learned the most and then yeah i think when i was about like 17 we um we stopped doing the bands just because i think like i wanted to do like uh, do music and, and at that time as well um i was i was super by that stage i was really really deep into producing um um you know, like rap and, and trap and hip hop. And I was working with like a ton of people. So like my kind of schedule, it got really weird. Like I was like trying to study for exams and stuff at school. Like I remember like 16 doing my high school certificate, but then I was like, all the whole time I was like, Oh, but I got to play a show on the weekends. But I also just really want to do a beat. Like that's all I really want to do. So it was weird. Like I, I was actually talking to one of my friends recently that I, I fully like just could have like not even ever really got that deep into singing like i could have just fully been a producer like um now i guess i'm kind of like somewhere in the middle but but yeah um that's probably why we like ended just because yeah like i think we just couldn't put the time in anymore we weren't super passionate anymore. yeah i mean so yeah. in that time like did you guys like properly record any music or was it just like be- uh like bedroom demo stuff mm. Mm. now so we went to the studio so we had this friend at the time and fuck oh, man i actually haven't not taken this dude in probably like eight years like um michael um we went to so he lived i don't even know somewhere in manly like um very very sick dude very very good to us probably a couple years older had a home studio in his parents place um like a really beautiful studio um very fortunate and we just for three days we recorded like five songs and that was my first experience in like a proper studio i think i was probably like nearly 15 like maybe not not quite 15 mm-hmm. um and then yeah we recorded that and it was like a, i think like a four track ep i don't even know what it's i, I forget oh it's called a, that's crazy i actually never thought of this right but like that that ep is called alone as well oh wow <laughs> which is hilarious that's hilarious i actually never thought of that until now but yeah that's that's what the ep is for everything comes full you could circle. probably find it somewhere <laughs> yeah it's like it's so funny it's like me i'm like trying to scream like super low but like you know my my voice was still super high then so like i couldn't yeah. like it's just the whole thing is like a, we're playing like drop g like on like a 
six string fucking guitar. Like it's just ridiculous. Like, but yeah, that's probably the the first. Well, not probably. It is the first and only time that I recorded professionally with that band. So. And what did you yeah. learn from the experience? Like, did you go in there with some preconceptions about how that process would work, or did you get surprised by anything? I got surprised by how bad everybody was at their instruments and like how that's <laughs> totally chill. Like everyone sucks, man. Like, and, and it's funny, like even now, like, you know, I'm, I'm not an amazing singer by any stretch of the means. Like I'm so hit and miss. And like, it's funny, like the, the, some people, I think what I learned was like, some people are like really amazing at performing live, but then as soon as it comes to like a click track, you know, being on pitch, like actually performing a riff tight, um, just like like subtle nuances that you don't realize that actually make up the song or make up a record um that's that's what makes a good song as much as like a catchy riff or a catchy hook or a catchy lyric you know it's um it's everything all-encompassing that many people don't realize mm. like yeah. No, that's cool, man. Thanks for uh, that insight. I find it always interesting to hear people's stories of when they first, like, got in the studio because, Eric, I know, for me, when I first, like, did the studio thing, it was, like, a really, like, daunting thing of, like, oh, fuck, I actually have no idea how this works. Like, what am I walking into right now? How does this work? Um, and everyone's got, like, yeah. a slightly different version of it, but it, it's it's pretty cool to just, like, <laughs> see how everyone fumbles their did way you, into it. Did you... S- did you start it like um did you start it singing or like like screaming or like or playing an instrument like what was your first I was in the singing and screaming uh and I could neither sing nor scream <laughs> <laughs> Yeah yeah that's <laughs> that was like a common a common thread between lots of other people that I talked about this too so that's interesting yeah it's um I think the, the singing one is the one that really like throttles people like that's that's when you really get nervous and like you really shit the bed on because man like screaming is one thing like you can just kind of chuck distortion at the end of the day and like someone will go yeah it's cool yeah but when when it comes to singing like that's like the next the the killer is like doing the takes over and over yeah dude (laughs) like just and i it's so rare for me to like ever get like a vocal part Mm. in like one take like it's so so rare like um yeah i think like if you don't have a producer that's like calm you know engaging inviting warm then man fucking pack your bags like if, you, if you're not a good singer like and you, you you just it's not gonna happen for you like you need you you need good people around you that can like pull the performance out mm. of you because otherwise like fuck man like i've yeah like i've worked with people that like you know i get in there and like i practice a song a thousand times like i've like sung a thousand demos like sent it to them like and then you fucking get in the studio and like they're just a cunt like and you're trying to sing and it's fucking like yeah, and they're like, just like they're, they're looking at you like again yeah like they think they're fucking like rick rubin and it's just like bro what are you talking about like no like yeah like coming back to like our conversation i don't know if we we recorded that maybe it was off air but like coming back to that it's like the the way that people sing like singing is so hard like like the technicality of singing is so hard because no one can actually sing that well it's just like 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 i said the the fucking graph yeah is just like like auto-tune democratization v singing ability it's fucking the same like that's that's why singing is what it is today. yeah man uh, look i don't think it's a bad thing either like um yeah. and a lot of people will be purists and be like oh auto-tune no but like 
dude like fucking soundcloud rap is as big as it is with everyone sounding like they've been auto-tuned to fuck for a reason like people like it it's good and like 100 percent. and the thing too is like is like drumming too like you resample everything yeah. like guitars like bro sell your pedals it doesn't matter get a kemper like that's yeah. just how, that's that's it if you don't have a kemper fuck you like you're done same with like even like when you're tracking a riff man like if if you or like just track a chord progression like man i suck the guitar like i for real like and this is like people are gonna cringe they hear this if i play guitar when i track it i will track one chord mm. stop move my hand click play Fucking again, oath, dude. 100 that's what i do dude i cannot play guitar but like if you want to get the like, demo I, like... I suck at guitar that's how i do it like dude, like i yeah that's it, man. Like people come, come at everything. Like, you know, they're, I don't even know, like they're fucking Eric claps. And it's like, it doesn't even happen. Like, yeah, that's so funny. Like that's not real. Like, yeah. Cool. So that was your first foray into like recording and, and your first like real band. Uh, and that finished up when you're like 17. What was next for you creatively? Mm. You said you started like doing a lot of uh, producing and stuff. So I'm imagining that kind of kicked off shortly after that first studio. Yeah. Experience. Yeah, so like, yeah, around like when I was like, um, like, or even earlier, probably like around the time that I started playing in bands, um, I started to get like super into like rap and hip hop. And um, uh, namely, um, uh, like, yeah, like a lot of SoundCloud stuff. So when, by the time that I was probably like 16, 17, like wrapping up like the other band, I started to, you know, get like a little bit of traction. I had like a YouTube channel where I was basically making beats and I was like ripping off like other producers. <laughs> And I had, um, I had my, my Facebook, this is a funny story. So I had in, in all my, in, in all the bios, what I would do is I would have my Facebook, um, there. And like, I would say like, if you want to work with me, then like, I don't have an email hit me up on Facebook. So I just like one of these videos, like I think it got to like 40,000 plays. It was a terrible beat, but all these people just loved it. So they would hit me up all the time. So I just started to produce and like, because I was, I was tagging, sorry it, it, even more context like i used to troll i don't know if you know this site it was called dat piff mm-hmm. dat piff is not not super popular anymore but it, like in the early 2010s um it was basically a site where people would upload their mixtape now like this is i'm talking like the weekend uploaded his first tape in 2010 oh, man. and like i I was in high school. I remember like the first week, like House of Balloons, like his first EP, his first mixtape. I downloaded that on that piff. Like, <laughs> oh my God. Like, people like, freak out. dude, I used to troll this site like crazy. Like, the, this is all I did at school yeah. was like, look up like hardcore bands and rap and hip hop. The same with like ASAP Rocky. Like, I I found ASAP Rocky before he dropped Live Love ASAP, like his first mixtape on ASAP BMs. Yeah, so, this is like the same anyway, long story short, SoundCloud, really. Dude, dude, yeah, like I was so deep on this. Anyway, like fast forward like a few more years. So I'm making beats. All these people are hitting me up. I have like thousands of like new friends from the States on Facebook. The weirdest thing ever. I'm like in high school, like like DMing like these rappers being like, yeah, like I'll make you a beat. Like just let me finish like biology. And then um, I ended up like getting hit up by Bones. I don't know if you know Bones. Oh, Jesus, but, like, that's sick, dude. He's, yeah, so I got hit up by Bones and he's like, I heard this beat. Um, do you want to can we work together? And I was like, yeah, hundred percent. Like I didn't know who he was at the time. He wasn't as big. Like he was still huge, but like not as big. So he hit me up and I was like, okay, cool. Like, well, I've got to make you something sick. So I was honestly, I finished, I finished school. I got home. I produced like a few beats like that night. And then I sent it to him like late that night. 
Um, and uh, he hit me back like in the middle of the night, like my phone went off or whatever. Um, because obviously it was like in LA, so it was like time difference. And like I woke up and I was like, oh, sick, this dude's gonna rap on my beats. Literally the next day, he sent me two songs and was just like, yeah, I use your beats. And I was like, holy shit. So like, I'm like on like one of his early mixtapes. I forget what it's called. Fuck, that um, is insane. Holy shit. Yeah. So that's like how I first started. And then, so then I was like, I, I produced like heap, heap for different people. And then I put out like an EP under, um, it was, I was called Max Throw at the time. That was my producer tag. And then, so I, I put out this EP under Max Throw and it was just like, it was like two Bones tracks. Um, yeah, like before he was like massive. Then I, then it was like three other rappers from the state. So like, I don't really even keep in contact with, I keep in contact with one dude who's cool, but like the rest of them just like did nothing. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Fa- fast forward again. Like, so I'm, I'm like doing like all this rap stuff and I'm still like trying to start bands with my friends, but it's like not really happening. Then like a couple dudes from school, um, who were playing in this like local band, like the kind of parkway drive worship. Mm. I hit them up and I like, I like send them some bands. Like I was like, send them like last witness and like, and like your demise, like, and more than life and like these melodic hardcore bands. And I'm like, we should do something like this, like super UK inspired. And they're like, fuck it. Like, yeah, let's do it. Let's get your other band. Let's like work with him. And then, yes, we started this band called easy life. Um, and I was probably like 18. We played like a bunch of shows and I was like still producing on the side. Um, did a bunch of stuff, you know, just like random like trips to Canberra, like just supporting hardcore bands. Like we're like a full on hardcore hardcore band. Ended up playing this show, long story short, we ended up playing this show supporting Imprisoned. The dude you put on the show was this guy called Josh Howes. And Josh Howes at the time ran a management company and had a record label called Death Script, which is a hardcore record label and a hardcore management thing. And he's like, oh, like, he's like, I didn't even, he didn't listen to our music. He was just like, oh, one of my friends at the show was like, you guys were put on a good show. Like if you guys have any new music, like you should flick it to me before release. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. Like you want to manage this. That's sick. I don't even know what a manager does. Like I'm just doing whatever I feel like whenever I feel like. So long story short, we go into the studio and like, just before we go into the studio, like we have this song called I'm fading away that we wrote. And I'm like, I'm going to try and sing on it. And the guys were like, Oh yeah. Okay. Like do it for us. So I did it for us in the room. And just, I don't even know how, like, I fully fluked it. Like, I just, like, sang it, like, fully in key. Like, it was really good. <laughs> and they were like, okay, like, they're like, yeah, legit, like, you can sing. Like, you're going to go to the studio. So, we went to the studio. I obviously was with shit house, But, like, the engineer at the time, Mark, was, like, again, super warm, super inviting. Uh, like, an amazing dude that I, we, I still talk to, like, every now and then now. Works. He, he plays in Inertia, which is a fucking incredible yeah. band. Um, writes all their music. And, um, anyway, he engineered I'm Fading Away sent it back to Josh, like, like the following day, like how's he? And I was like, yeah, like this is our new song. No, no, like whatever lie. The song went for three minutes and 30 seconds. He, I sent it to him. He opened it immediately, listened to it in three minutes and 30 seconds. He replied and was just like, you guys are fucked. I want to sign you. And I was like, <laughs> okay, sick. Like, oh, I love that. Not even like signing, just like, just like, uh, like signing was just like, okay, like now I'm in your band group chat. Now I manage you. And I was like, all right. <laughs> Didn't realize this at the time, but he managed a band called Cursed Earth. Um, and bro, this is like, this is, this is the actual true story. And like people like never believe me when I say this, we, we sent him fading away. He loved it. Joined our group chat was like, I want to manage you. Then he's like, do you have other songs? And we're like, okay, yeah, like we're going to go back. We'll record with Mark. And he's like, all right, like talk to me again in like two weeks. 
So we went back to Mark, we recorded all these like random songs that like turned out to be pretty good. Like we just fully fluked it, <laughs> sent it back to him. And he's like, this shit is crazy. Like you guys are like so weird. It was like melodic hardcore, but then like, like lots of singing and like, just like lots of just like weird elements. Like, I don't even know. Like we didn't really even know how to write a song, but it just happened. Yeah. Sent it, sent it um, back to him. He was like, this is sick. And like, we didn't realize at the time, but like unified recording, um, cursed earth. He sent an email to unified and just PS just at the bottom was like, PS, I work with this band. They do singing shit or something like that. Like they do like La La music. Like he was just joking around. It was like, you guys might be into them. And fuck me. Like we were literally nobody. And we'd already, we'd been playing the band for like five years and unified like hit him back straight away. And we're like, yeah, we'll take cursed earth. And we'll also take that easy life bed. And he's like, yo, what the fuck? Like, I just got you guys a record deal. And we're like, <laughs> what? Like we're, we're starting to unify. That is so insane, Bro, like, man. Even- we hadn't, we hadn't even like played like a show like singing yet. And then, so we dropped fading away. Like long story short, like unified weren't coming to the table. Like they were taking ages for like, you know, just like total dickhead shit. Like we're like, all right, whatever. Like we're going to drop the song. We're just going to drop fading away. We didn't drop it on unearthed. Yeah. And again, like a full fluke, like we dropped it on unearthed. And like, I was at this time, like I was um, pretty tight with like the local, like gong crew, like, I was like going to heaps of like rad bar shows, but like not like hardcore per se. Like I was doing hardcore shows, but like heaps of other shows too. So yeah. I was just like super tight with like all those dudes um, and like the yours and ours guys. Then um, Unearthed like found the song and like just like started spinning it. And then we got like a main station play, which is just, we had no clue that that was even fucking possible for us. <laughs> and then eventually they had this competition that was just like, oh, like we want a band. We want someone like from New South Wales to open up yours and ours festival. Um, and because I was obviously tight with like the rad bar dudes, um, I was like, yo, what's this? And they're like, oh yeah, like enter it, bro. Like, like, trust me, like enter it. Like they're keen to like see you guys in it. And I'm like, okay, cool. So whatever, like I enter, I tell like my manager, I'm like, oh, we're going to enter this thing. He's like, yeah, that's dope. Like, hopefully we get it. Lol. Like we'll see. Like we hadn't even been announced on the label yet. Yeah. Anyway, fucking it's like us and Maddie Jane and like we fucking beat Maddie Jane. And we open the main stage at yours and ours. That's so um, cool. Just like full, full fluke. And then, yeah, like literally like the weekend before unified, we're just like, Oh fuck. Like we should like fully sign you and announce to a, cause like you guys are already like playing like a <laughs> festival. And we're like, yeah. So like, it's like we like signed and like, we like dropped the EP like that week. And then that weekend, like we played, um, uh, yours and ours festival. And it was like, just like a crazy experience, you know, like, hanging out with just like crazy artists, like, you know, going to see like, like North Lane side of stage. Like we'd never even like, you know, done even anything remotely cool. That yeah. Stage. That would have so, been like, like an overnight kind of fun. feeling as well. Like from zero to hero in like a space yeah. of like, what it would have been like a couple months, maybe. Yeah. It was like a couple months, man. Like we, we'd spoken to unified earlier in the year and it took like six months for them to really come to the table. But like when like they turned it on and they were just like, yeah, like this is, this is what you get this is what we need from you. And then you need to drop it now. And then triple J like didn't even know about the unified thing. They were just like fully organic. Like, yeah, you guys are sick. Like I think too, like they, they liked that. Like they could almost tell that like, we didn't really know what we were doing. Like it was all, it all felt very like authentic. And like, we were just like, you know, just like young dudes. And like, we just like fully fluked it. Just luckily didn't even work with like a foreign producer. We just had good songs and that's, that's just how, kind of how, like, Ease Life happens. Yeah. yeah, that's really cool. I mean, like, the Triple J, like, team, they've always been super cool and, like, always, like, they're looking for that, like, that person or that group that is, yeah. like, that 
high energy, creative young person that's just like ready to pop. And it's like, it sounds like you guys were like, you know, right place, right time. And it just, you know, it worked out. And that's, I mean, that's so sick. I mean, obviously working on music for a long time prior to that, but I don't know, I guess it's, it's, it's like a case of making your own luck and just being able to, you know, deliver on the opportunity when it came up. And that's, you know, such a cool story. And I think it's a really yeah. valuable story that people should be able to like look at and see that, you know, while, you know, you might be doing some shit and no one's looking at it, no one's, you know, downloading, mm. no one's, you know, talking about you. Like it just takes, you know, a couple months and then boom, yeah. like shit just happens. It's like, you just got to be ready but, for it. Yeah. You got to be ready. And I think too, like what, um, and this again, like it's funny because like, you know, we lived it and then we didn't execute it properly. But like, I think when we, when we forgot this, but like, I think what some people realize is like, obviously it doesn't happen for everybody. It happens for like an extremely small amount of people. But if you have good songs, like that's, that's really what people want at the end of the day. Like your, like your image can be amazing. Like you can be cool as fuck. Like you can be an influencer, whatever you can like spend X amount of dollars and, fucking um some hectic producer is going to produce you like it's whatever but at the end of the day like if you can like produce like amazing music on your own without the need for other people and a label or a manager or someone they'll find you like i think like unearth is the thing that like people don't realize it's like the amount of like label a and r and like like from first-hand experience like really big label a and r are trolling that site and if you just have like a good photo and you have one good song, like that—that's all you need. Like, look at Mercy, Mercy. Like, Mercy, Mercy is like biggest example. Mm. Like, she like cracked overnight. And another one too that like people don't ever realize is like Lion Cordial. Like that band, like since like before 2010, have been uploading and deleting songs from Unearth and just constantly going. And Unearth did not fuck with them at, at all. Like Triple J did not care for them. Now they're managed by Dre London. Like they're gonna be like the fucking biggest rock band in the world. Mm. Like that's like if you can if you can make good music everything else is whatever like yeah yeah that's the main goal that's that's super useful and i think that's definitely a lesson that i'm, I'm going to take away from this conversation at least if no one else does <laughs> <laughs> awesome so easy life kind of uh came to a halt or did that become after touch i can't remember yeah it became on yeah. touch like the the short end of like a long stick is like I don't know if you are aware, but there's like another band called Easy Life. So we we were recording um, the follow up EP for Unified um, about six months after um, uh, the first EP came out. There comes much water in the sky. Um, so it was like February, probably like 2018, I think, that we were like recording that, and. Um, we were just like in the studio um, and we got this DM from this band um, called Easy Life on our account. And um, they were like, hey, what's up? And like, they were smaller than us. And we were just like, oh, like, what's up? Like, are the Easy Life? This is hilarious. Like, why do you have our name? And they're like, oh, we're from the UK. Like, we didn't know that like you had the name, da, da, da. And we're like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. They said something like, like, like cheeky or something. And then I was like, okay, like you guys, like I listened to their music and I was like, yeah, you guys are corny. Like, I don't, I don't even care. Like, we play a fucking rock and roll dude. Like, I don't even care what you say. Anyway, I brought it to the attention of our label at the time. And what I didn't realize was that band were through the grapevine. Like we had heard that that band were about to sign a worldwide deal, like both oh, artists no. and publishing with Universal. 
So they basically like, they knew what, like what they had, you know, behind them. And we were just like, oh, fuck, whatever. Like, we're signed to, like, the biggest, like, alternative label in Australia. Like, we don't give a yeah. fuck. <laughs> and then I told our, our like, our, our, our label, like, liaison, and I was like, hey, this is other band. And, like, don't even worry about it. Like, it's chill. Like, that's a totally different act. Like, it doesn't even matter. Like, you guys are totally sweet. Anyway, it came out. But, yeah, like, they were basically like, oh, wait, fuck. Like, these guys are, like, about to, like, drop on Universal. Like, this is, like, a huge fucking, like, conflict. Like, this is really bad for you guys. Like... Cause you know, like we, we, we played big sound like the, that year, like the year before in 2017. So like, uh, like about three, four months later, we'd, we'd played big sound. We got uh, like a European and UK booking agent. Mm-hmm. Cause we were like under the, the, under the, under the guidance of our manager and, and label and everything that, that we were to drop this second EP, <laughs> get enough clout. And then hopefully, you know, using like our, our now Euro UK booking agent, we were going to like piggyback off the back off a unified band and go to the go to Europe with them. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, the Easy Life thing happened. This other Easy Life were like, okay, we're just going to hit you with a cease and desist. Like, you guys can operate as Easy Life in Australia, but if you ever want to come overseas, you're fucked. And then our label will basically just like, yeah, like we can't compete. Like, oh. we have one lawyer. Like, Universal have like ten in every market. Like, you're fucked. Yeah. Like, you can change change like the the you know do like EZLYF or something. I'm like that's so fucking lame. Like so basically we're just like fuck. It, we have to change our name. And then they were like, okay, cool. Like let's rebrand. Da da da. Like it's basically everything like that that we can do. People like I think under uh, people thought that like we were just like oh yeah we just wanted like be a new band. Like we would have like happily have just been easy life at the time. Like we would have loved to just continue that. And like just that would have been so much fucking easier for everything. But yeah. we fully just, you know, had to change. Otherwise we were like basically going to have to change legally. That so yeah, sucks. Then we started doing upstarts. Like, yeah, we did, we did use me. And like that song um, did super well. Like the single, like, like did really well. We got um, full rotation on triple J um, did like a lot of stuff with, with triple J backing um did like a couple tours we did unify then we i think we did a headline tour before unify then we did unify then we went on a couple like support tours and like Mm. it was cool like i just think that like perhaps like we weren't as passionate about the sound at the time and like honestly i think what ended up happening in the end is like you know i don't want to speak for those guys but like i think that like we just didn't really know exactly what we had and we or if we did know what we had we just didn't know how to execute it yeah um yeah so ultimately we just kind of yeah it didn't really eventuate like it didn't really happen in the way that 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 we had hoped and like obviously you know we had a really amazing booking agent like our booking agent just decided to kind of pass on us in the end like they just didn't want to commit and then um you know the the label were 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 good, and then um, eventually, um, you know, with our manager at the time, like he just had like some other like life pressures that like you know he wanted to 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 take care of, and you know he was like had a, a really good career like in like another space, yeah. and wanted to focus on that, and and you know I just thought you know perhaps this is um this isn't you know really working out in the way that we kind of would have liked so yeah we just kind of in a way not so much like disbanded or like stopped that project we just kind of like started to like kind of shift gears and we remained together but um yeah we just decided not really to be after touch anymore yeah yeah and that's and that's fair enough i mean like you kind of reach that that peak of of like what you can achieve as like a local band and if you know if you don't see yourself yeah. going on to like you know past the next you know peaks on the way up 
you know, doing exactly what you're doing, it, it, it only makes sense to kind of stop there and, and, and move on to something more useful on a personal level for, for all of you. So I think that's, yeah. that's, you know, definitely a mature decision to make because a lot of people force themselves to do shit just because they think it's what they're supposed to do. Um, and I, I feel like not yeah. falling into that, that trap is, is, you know, a really mature move. Yeah. hundred percent. Th- yeah. I think like as well, like just, just to add on that too, like that's probably why like we made like, and you know, it'll never see the light of day, but like we made that like pretty fucking god awful like EP, like that never ended up coming out because like, you know, we thought we had to create something in this particular vein. We weren't ready to do it. We weren't ready to make the transition. We tried really hard, didn't really eventuate. And then we just kind of like lost ultimate, you know, steam like with everything and then yeah yeah so you're right yeah i think like you, you sometimes need to make decisions like that and they can be pretty tough yeah man so i know that you work for a creative agency um that would also be its own little you know story of, of origin up to like coming to to you know yeah. now being a high professional full-time so yeah. how what, what do you do in the creative agency first of all and how did you get there so I work predominantly day to day in design. So so graphic design and and kind of I guess um, perhaps not like you know full on campaign theory, but 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 that's kind of like one of my lesser roles is just kind of looking at the overarching brand and and you know not so much like you know analytics of marketing, but like how like what what should we do to to help grow your business or your brand and and how to essentially make it like cool. That seems tacky, like you know how to make it cool, but a lot of people will come to us and just be like, you know, we, our problem is we're not relevant in our space. So we're not relevant, you know, within the market. So I, um, in, in high school, you know, obviously doing, doing music, like as much as I was passionate about the sound, like I was passionate about the look and the feel of, of these bands. And I was like, you know, how come like I, I care so much about, um, bring me the horizon, but I don't care about the killers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, eventually I grew to love the killers, but you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's different, right? Like you, obviously it's the music, but on top of it too, it's like the fact that like these guys like have like a well-crafted, like culturally relevant image, graphics, everything, you know? So like, how can, how can I do that for myself? So I started to, in my first band, obviously these guys, we started to play shows, but as part of our deal, like I would ask them, can I do the flyer? Because I want it to look a certain way. I want it to look cool. I want it to look cool on Facebook. Like, um, so they were like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, we'll let this dude do the flyers. So eventually like I, in doing the flyers, I would hit up a lot of these local bands and I would, I would say, Hey, like, can I have your logo? And like, all these bands were so small. They were like, what the fuck? Like we didn't have a logo. So I'd be like, all right, I'll just make your logo. So like, <laughs> in effect, like in, in about like 2010 to like 2013, like of all like the small mid tier, like Western Sydney bands, like I'd done like every single person's logo. So, um, I just quickly like had this like pretty good portfolio when I was like super young of just like heaps of bands. And like, that was just what I was in love with. Like when I was at high school, um, I would just look on like design inspiration and, and stuff like that. And just like stare at cool cover art for ages and just like try and work out how to replicate it. And that was Fast all like many years, self, I was- self-directed learning. Yeah. 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 It was all self-directed. Like I, I had one, I had like a, like a media class in high school. I didn't, I never took art. I never took, uh, yeah, yeah. No art or anything like that. Um, no media class, like later in, in high school it was like all self-directed. Then I went to uni and did a bachelor of marketing communications, like, uh, the media communications at major in marketing. And I did one design course. And like, obviously I'd like been teaching myself design for like five years at that time. And I'd like done some, 
some pretty cool stuff for bands and like music and, and whatnot. And I, I went in, did this design course and no word of a lie. Like it was like my worst mark, like in all of uni, <laughs> and my tutor just being like, he's like, I don't even know what you're doing. And I think it was more so because like I taught myself how to do so many things. Like I probably taught myself how to do it in a wrong way. Yeah. And I had no like understanding of like real design. It was more like, it looks cool to me. That's, that's just, yeah, it is. wasn't what the, so you gave me terrible marks. No, yeah. So he gave me terrible marks and I was just like, fuck it, whatever. Fast forward again, like maybe like another couple of years, I was working um, a job um, in Sydney um, for a few months doing like corporate marketing, you know, analytics and whatnot. It was cool. Like I wasn't like super into it. I wanted to do something creative. And there was um, like a cold call for this local agency that I now work for called Verb Syndicate. And um, my boss now, Simon, um, I just flicked in my portfolio and it was just basically like a bunch of flyers for different bands that I'd done like in the last few years. Um, he called me back like the following day and was just like, Oh yeah, like your stuff's like really cool. Like what's your experience? And I was like, Nell and Boyd, man, like I have no experience. Like I literally told myself everything and he was just like, okay, cool. Like, um, you know, what's your rate? And I was like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> and he's like, Oh, okay, like, do you have free, an ABN? And you I was like, <laughs> Yeah, hundred percent. I was like, I never got paid like in my life. Like, I think like someone paid me like fifty bucks for a logo once, but I was like, everything else was just whatever. Anyway, long story short, I went in for an interview. He met me. We were. He was like a cool dude. Ended up chatting, and then he's like, "Okay, cool. Like, your interview is make this um, pamphlet." And I was like, okay, cool. So like, I just like grabbed this pamphlet and he's like, set it up for me how you would. And I was like, I just shot in the dark. I had no clue how to do it. I made it. And he was just like, oh, okay, cool. Like, that's pretty close. Like, I'll give you the job. And I was like, sick. So like, I just started working there like four hours a week. He used to, so it was like a paint shop. Like he was like a graffiti writer. So it was like, a, we used to sell like iron like tins in the front um, and like just some clothes and just like some like markers and stuff. Um, and then out the back, we would just have like a little office space where we would do design and marketing and advertising. Um, so I would just like sit in the paint shop, sell paint. And when I wasn't selling paint, he would just ask me just to like make random designs for, for Verb Syndicate for the, the social media. So I just like started fucking around. And then, um, yeah, um, eventually he was just like, yeah, okay, cool. Like I'll give you like a few more days and then a few more days here, a few more days there. And then I started working there full time. Um, and then, yeah, so now it's basically just um, design day to day. Pre-COVID, like we were insanely busy and, and you know we were doing really really well and um had a lot of had a lot of people on I, I had like another designer underneath me which was pretty cool like i was like managing a lot of like really good projects and 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 pretty big clients but then um yeah like after covid like a lot of people just kind of reassess their, their their spend on like outside creative and yeah we lost a lot of work and had to move offices which was like pretty pretty terrible but um yeah it's uh it's 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 i'm super i'm super fortunate like like i never knew how to like shoot photo or video before going to the agency and like these guys like taught me everything gave me gear like all the guys that i work for like uh just like way too good to me like they they let me go on tour when i need to like if i need to do like a band thing like they're like it's cool like just do it like i mean you're working with creative everybody people, that i they work probably with get it me. you know yeah, like my boss is like like the one of the best musicians I know. Like he's like crazy drummer, crazy piano player, crazy singer, crazy guitar player, and like he's super humble. Like and he's just like a joker. Like if you said that to him, he'd be like, "Fuck off, like, I suck." <laughs> like 
So like he 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 gets it. Like he played in a really good band too. So he gets it. Yeah, that's so sick, dude. And I I, I love how it's like you did like a unit in like design in uni, fucking yeah. shit it, and then now it's like your career. I I love that. It's just like. It's so funny, hey. I guess it just kind of gives merit to like the thought that like, well, yeah, having a qualification does give you some skills and it does give you, you know, something to to put on the resume, but it doesn't make or break like whether you can like do something. It's just like you just need to be good and be like the person that that can fill that role. You just got to be obsessed with it, I think. Like, yeah, like you got to be good, I guess, like for sure. But like, I think what people don't realize, like a lot of people uh, like a lot of bosses like start a business because they love it too. And if you're passionate and you don't know how to do it, but you're willing to just sit and listen to these people, like they're just like, fuck it. Like I want a young kid to like teach, like, because you know, I wish that I had that when I was young. So like, fuck it, I'll hire you and I'll pay you like shit wage. But like you can sit in here and I'll like teach you how to use fucking Photoshop illustrator. It's whatever. Like that's, that's what people don't realize. And another thing that's, that's sick too. Like, um, I love this story, like about Verb and about my boss Simon. Is is that when I when I went for my that interview, right, and I did the the pamphlet. Um, a few weeks later, I I remember sitting like at my desk, and he was next to me, and I was like, "So, how did everybody else go? Like in the interview, like when 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 you gave them the pamphlet test, like how did they go?" And he's like, "Oh, I never did it for anybody else." I was like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "You were the only interview that I ever took." And I was like, "What do you mean?" He's just like, "Yeah, you just like he's like." I saw your your portfolio and he's like, and then, you know, like we chatted over the phone. He's like, you just seem like a cool dude. He's like, I like looked you up on Instagram. And then he's like, oh, I just, he's like, we had the interview and you were sick. And he's like, I just thought I'd throw this at you to see what you did. And he's like, and fuck, he's like, I was heaps lucky because you, you know, you did pretty well. So I hired you. And like, that was it. Like, that's, that's like the funny story about Verb is like, I, I was like the only interview, actually, like, and luckily enough, I got it. I mean, that's so, so sick, yeah. dude. I, and it's like another case of just like making your own luck. I mean, like you did all this work, um, you know, working with people. You yeah. weren't paying yourself. You didn't like overvalue yourself. You were just like out there like getting shit no. done. And it's like when when yeah. luck has a chance to strike, you're able to fucking just capitalize on that. And, you know, now you've got a career yeah. there. And that's, that's so cool. 100%. That's so cool. Very fortunate, very lucky. Absolutely, man. So, um, that kind of like wraps up what you were doing and also the um, graphic agent or the design agency stuff that I wanted to talk about. Mm. Um, let's start talking about what you're doing now. So, uh, Up Late is, is your current, like, you know, main project, at least as far as I can see. Um, how did that come to be and what is it going to be? So, Up Late is, was essentially like, the the evolution of of us touch so uh, throw back a bit to um end of 2018 early 2019 um like i said we we didn't really have um you kind of lost steam with after such we were demoing a lot together um in 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 a similar vein to after such we'd actually um written um by that stage we'd written probably like 30 or so demos which we whittled down to uh 10 songs which was supposed to be the the debut after such album and the album was called free um i still like have like you know like a big soft spot for it i think it's like a like a would have been like a really really good album if it ever came out it was like very like lots of songs that were similar to use me like a lot of like kind of grandiose like you know elements like myths for this like 
um, pretty intense, like, you know, electronica kind of production. Um, ended up like giving that to, you know, the manager and, and he was like, yeah, you just are really amazing products. Like at the time the label would just like, look like we're not super interested in, in, in putting out like a full length, like just don't think that the audience is there for you guys yet. Like we think that, you know, there's still more work to be done. We were pretty adamant on, on the album and we just kind of couldn't really see, you know, kind of like the light at the end of the tunnel with all of it. So we, we just kind of kept demoing um, as a group. And then on top of it too, I, I kind of just kind of went off in my own time and in, in 2019 and started just writing like heaps and heaps of songs and like kind of, you know, retaught myself guitar and um, yeah, we ended up in like, and, and I can send you a screenshot of this later, but like we ended up with like 60 songs, like by the, <laughs> you, know. you know, the latter end of, of 2019, like a lot of those were like pretty terrible, like not very good, but they were full on like at least 60, fully formed like you know intro chorus verse chorus verse bridge breakdown whatever it was like full-on songs recorded um fast forward again to late 2019 fully had like you know separated from management um label pretty much separated no booking agent just the five of us together um ended up spending like you know a few months being like what are we going to do like we're we going to continue after touch like what's the vibe still wanted to continue after touch and i decided to reach out to people that i knew and was just like look like we have this product i'm super stoked with it. we have 60 songs like i just can someone just listen to these like we're just in a full echo chamber now we need someone to listen to it I ended up finding like through mutual friends finding my way to to this guy called nat um in january now, like I'd gotten put onto Nat because one of my friends was like, oh yeah, this is this dude who did metal. Now he's doing pop, like really like, you know, hasn't done anything, like hasn't done too much outside of the realm of pop, the realm of metal, but he's working with this pop band called Sinclair. And I listened to Sinclair and I was like, this shit is crazy. Turns out he actually didn't record it or write any of that, but I was still like, okay, this shit is crazy. <laughs> so I hit him up regardless without knowing that. Um, <laughs> and, uh, he was just like fully like at me immediately. I told him, I was like, it's probably for like the next after touch record. Can like, are you like one of your openings? Like, I just want to do like one song. Like we just want to do one song. I don't even know what song it is. I just want to play you 60 songs and you pick your favorite one and we do it. And he's like, cool, whatever. Like, let's meet. I met him like the following week. Like I drove straight up. He, he has a studio in Leichhardt. I drove straight up from, from work. Like after like six, got there like seven thirty. ended up like sitting in his studio. He'd already listened to like, nearly all 60 songs. We just sat down in his studio and he played each song, but he would pause it every four seconds. And I was like, is this dude a psycho? Like we were there for, like I was there just with him for hours and hours and hours. He listened through, we listened through nearly every single song. He would point out what I was trying to do, what, what we were trying to create. He would give me a reference or he'd try and play it back on guitar or he'd try and sing it back to me and was like, that's how you do it better. And I was like, fuck, this dude is crazy. Like he's really onto something here. Anyway, we were there for like five hours. I like left. I was there for freaking ever. Get back. Next day, I call the band and I'm like, dude, like this guy is doing the next After Touch record. This dude is just as crazy as me. Like he's doing it. Get into the studio. So just before the studio, like, you know, um, I'm still writing heaps of music. I wrote this song that I thought was going to be like the first single for this new band, whatever it was. By this stage, we were pretty confident that it probably wasn't going to be After Touch. Um, and we were pretty confident it wasn't to come out on any label with any management or anything. 
I started writing all this music, like more music, had this one single. Then literally a couple of days before the studio, I'd written Friends, like what Friends became, the demo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I passed it to him. I didn't actually didn't even send it to him. On the day that we got to recording, he's like, okay, like, uh, we're going to work on this other song. Originally, it's called Glue, like the other song that we're going to do. And he's like, we'll do Glue. And then I was like, oh, I know you're going to be so pissed at me because I always send you demos. Like, I have another demo. And he's like, what the fuck, bro? Okay, whatever. Just play it. And I played in Friends. And, like, it had that 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 section. That, like, we can still be friends. And I was like, that crazy 808 with, like, mm. the beep sound. And he's like, what the fuck? Like, this is next level shit. Like, let's do this. So then we just spent a weekend, like, um, just, like, full fell asleep in the studio, like, that dude does not sleep, man. Like that, that <laughs> dude is like a full on workhorse, man. Like for real, like if, if anyone knows that, they know that man, like I've never seen anybody like drink more caffeine than that dude. Like he's a savage man. Like he'll fucking, he'll out, you know, he'll outlive fucking everybody. Like he's a savage. Anyway, he did, we did the song like in one weekend. Um, and at this time I was also talking to Unified and I, um, you know, we just said to him, I was like, look, like, I don't know about Aftertouch anymore. Like, we just got this new thing. No management, nothing. Like, I just want to keep the relationship open. Even if you don't want to, like, sign us to do anything with us. Like, I just, like, want to have, I want to show you the song that we finished. And and Luke was like, yeah, okay, whatever, cool. Like, I'll listen to you, bro. Like, anyway, I, like, that week, like, we get, like, a rough mix back. And, like, I just flick it to him straight away with like the album art and uh, like a photo. And I was like, this is like the whole new vibe. And I was like, just super wacky. Um, you know, like the Chrome type and like, you know, uh, my hair was pink and like all that shit. And then yep. he like hit me back a couple of days later and was just like, Whoa, like this is crazy. Like, can we get on the <laughs> phone? And I was like, yeah. And then he's like, okay, like fuck everything. Like fuck after such, like fuck all that. Like this is the next level shit. Like what else do you have in the tank? And, I was like, dude, we have like 61 more songs. Like, let's go. And then I, we just like, I went back to the studio with Nat and I was like, okay, Nat, like you need to give me like a full week. Like, and we're just going to sit here and we're just going to write and record together. Like, like all of us. Um, so like some of the guys like will come and go, like there was like a kind of a core group of like three or four of us that like went super hard. And then um, we ended up coming out with this EP that we like shopped back to Unified and Unified was like, boom, like fucking, we need this, like this needs to happen. Um, yeah, so then we, we keep writing and recording, ended up like doing a song, just Nat and I for the DIY Supergroup um, competition with Triple J. Yeah. Um, and then we were just like, look, let's just drop that first. Like the song's called Like This and we're like, let's just drop it first. That'll be our first song. Like we'll just drop it for the comp. Yeah. See how it goes. It like went nuts. Like like my inbox blew up again. And then <laughs> like with all these, all these label A&Rs, like all these managers, all these agents, like, was on the phone to fucking everybody. And like every call, I was just like, oh, like I already signed. Like, but, and then like, who manages you? I'm like, I just manage this. And like, who does this? And I was like, oh, I just do. And then like, who writes the songs? I was like, oh, it's like me and a couple of other dudes and Nat. And they're like, what the fuck? Like, this is like a next level product. And then, so Nat and I just started to work more and more together, just started to go super wacky. And then I basically like booked out like every single weekend. It's like me and Sinclair, like the other group that he, he, works with and he also works with hard eyes as well who's who's my good friend um and uh we basically just work every single weekend on music regardless of like what the sound is like we just go super wacky with it even if it doesn't come out like everything is like a learning exercise just building and writing together and we just kind of kept going and then um yeah eventually like the the band just weren't super like the other guys were just weren't super keen on like where the 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 whole vibe of the project was going and you know like we all still like 
all still friends and we're all cool with each other, but it just kind of got to the point where, you know, like we weren't super on the same page about like the look and the feel and the sound and everything. So ended up just moving into like the solo projects. Um, and then that's when, um, I announced on, on unified and, you know, I had, you left me on red out and then I dropped, yeah, alone like a couple of weeks ago. And, um, yeah, so that's kind of like where, where everything's at at the moment. Like, I guess like what I'm trying to do now is like, I'm just, um, I have a few songs that are, that are going to come out. Um, sorry, you about to say something? Oh, no, 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 go on, go on. Yeah. Um, I have a few songs that are not a few, I have a few that are like fully studio recorded, pretty much mixed. Um, that are, I don't, I don't, I don't really know like what, what I'm going to do. Like I'm pretty keen on just like, you know, continually dropping singles and just kind of feeling it out. Like I have, um, my big thing with it is just like, I don't want to sit within one genre. Like I feel like it's, it's so much fun to just go into the studio and just do like a full on like rap song and then just do like a full on like emo pop punk song. And then just like, fuck, like, do we want to put a breakdown here? Like we haven't done it yet, but like, man, I'm like, I'm, itching just to like do like a heavy song like i just want to i want to like meld everything together and just you know get to the point where it's like you know I, if someone wants you know a fucking rap song i'm like all right i'll just drop a rap song if someone wants like a fucking electronic song it's like okay cool he's like a dance track like i just want to do everything and have everything and basically like you know having the freedom is is you know writing with with nat who i do everything with now um, just means that like, yeah, we, we have the ability together to just to create anything, anything that we want, you know, that, and you know what, you, you've picked a perfect time, right? Because mm. I feel like there's been this massive, I guess, new wave. I don't want to say new wave. It, it's, it's just like a generational thing where all of a sudden, like there's just been this tipping point of culture, uh, where there's these yeah. kids coming up, like listening to like you know hardcore bands, and then they figure out that they actually like pop music more. And this, yeah. this, this is like this is massive, I guess, um, like influx of artists that are like on that same wavelength of like I don't give a fuck. Like I'm out here doing my shit. I want to make like some yeah. cool shit, and I want yeah. it to. I just want it to be like cool music. And you get bands. And, you know, individual artists that are putting out some super, like, experimental stuff that's, like, doing really well. Like, it might not be commercially successful, but, like, pulling crazy numbers on, like, um, mm. Spotify and on SoundCloud and shit. So, yeah. you know, five years ago, man, like, this kind of project probably wouldn't have legs. But, like, right now, man, this is, yeah. like, a perfect time. Exactly. Like, I think as well, like, like I was thinking about this the other day, but... What, what hardcore gives you is that, that like super DIY ethos. It's like, if you want to do it, like you just do it and you work out how to do it. Like that's, that's how it came. Like now, like, I don't, like, I don't have a manager. I don't have anybody besides a label that does anything, you know, besides me and, and that. And then, you know, we'll have like collaborators that'll come into the studio and like write and stuff like, like Sinclair or like Hard Eyes or like, you know, whoever. But it's like, what, what hardcore gives you is that DIY ethos, but it also gives you this kind of like weird fucking frame with which you listen to music where like I resent the fact sometimes that you know like although I grew up listening to fucking you know terror or like Madball that like at that stage people were just like that's fucking lame that you like Taylor Swift like now I love the fact that people are just like I fucking love Yummy by Justin Bieber yeah like, dude like that's that shit is like is like so empowering like if 
that's the biggest issue like i feel like with with metal and i don't think it's like even that like no one really cares about it anymore but i remember like growing up that people were just like you're fucking lame if you give a shit about ariana grande and it's like man i fucking live for ariana grande like I'd dude. Like, every pop star like that shit I'm fucking, like dude, i fucking was that kid as well and it's just like i feel like such a dick when i think back it's like dude like all that yeah. shit i used to talk shit on it's like I've gone back and listened to it in retrospect, and it's like f- I fuck with this so hard. Like Skrillex, for example, yeah. I used to be like, no, nah, I'm not touching it, not touching it. I revisited that at mm. H20. I'm like, fuck, this is just like a hardcore band, but it's electronic yeah. instruments. Like, what like, the hell was it, I missing out on? Dude, the thing that's like the uh, like the hardest thing to learn, like when when you grow up and like you've been in music for ages, and like you know, uh, fuck, like I'm still like up late, still like small fucking fry but like um it's like everything is good like just everything is good that sounds so contrived and bullshit and dumb but like every like everything is good everybody has something they can offer everything will if it's good it's good like it, it'll get there like that's the thing it's like there's no point in like you know saying like xyz it's shit like or the, you know just don't listen to it man like fuck like it's so rare that like anybody is actively you know, it's not even rare. It's like, it's non-existent that anyone's bad. Like, it's just different. Like, everything's different. Yeah, man. I know. I, I can fully agree with that. I think, um, you know, people putting limits on, on themselves is, yeah. I mean, look, like, it does have its place. Like, you know, having, like, restrictions can sometimes be a breeding ground for ideas that are, like, kind of out of the mm. box. But, you know, when it comes to the whole genre fucking debate of like oh this is better than that or like this can only be like this you know it, it kills a chance for for innovation and i think like now it, yeah like i know that there's like some of the most off the wall music coming out now and it's like i'm fucking here for it and i think so many people mm. are here for it and i'm excited to see i don't know how you kind of you know put your own spin on on this brave new world so to speak <laughs> yeah 100 percent. i think like with with up late it's like yeah, I, I want to be able just to drop whatever I feel like, whenever I feel like it. Like if someone, like I said, if someone's like says to me, "Oh, do you have a song like this?" and it's like, "Yeah," like it's in, it's like right here. I'll send it to you. Like that's it. That's the funny thing with Uplate too is like people are always, not even always, like sometimes people are like, "All right, like when's when's the next song song coming out? Like when are you gonna drop like an EP?" And it's like, dude, like nine times out of ten, like if you just DM me and then like, can I hear something? I'm like, yeah, here's a new song. Like. <laughs> There's a whole, like, I have, I like, that's the thing. It's like, it's that easy. Like I have like another, I have like this kind of general package of songs that I'm happy with that are nearly done. But like, I already have like the, the EP that I want to drop like next year. And that's like pretty much done too. Like, I think like the, the only issue like with like living internet and like the internet is amazing and I love it. It's just like, the speed with which people consume content is like so hard to keep up with. And that's like the same with like, you know, doing stuff with, with hockey dad at the moment. Like, you know, if I spend, you know, hours and hours like on a video or like on, on a design or on something for them, like that, that will get eaten up within a day and then people are just like, we want the next thing. But even then, like if like, so, they just we just like start dropping like fucking random iphone photos of of the band like of the boys and and that does even better because people know like it's just like new content new content like it's like the cheapest easiest way to get shit out it's like 
all, like the the speed with which people like are like eating fucking videos and photos and design and, and music is just like so hard to keep up with. Like if, if I had my way, like it, it would just be like music nonstop, like every day, but it's just, it's impossible to create that at that speed, but that's kind of like the level that you need to be at. Like when you look at people like black bear, like that dude's like dropping a new song, like a remix of someone or featuring on someone like every third day, like, if you could get to that level of output where it's like your full-time job and all you're doing is dropping fucking verses about like, you know, fucking doing blow and like drinking vodka, then like, fuck, like you fucking made it. And doing TikToks, <laughs> like you've really done it. Like you're in the hills, like done. Like, but fuck man, for everybody else, like you got to be quick and you got to be fast and you got to work out how to do it. Like lean, that's tough. Yeah. I mean, like right now you're like, you know, you're just saying how you've just, you know, signed on to UNFT as a solo artist and now you're kind of, you know, I think, I don't know if this is going to go into the start of the pod, but we were talking about how um, Mm. you were like kind of, you know, figuring out how to do social media now and like, you know, how you'd like to go down that more influencer route rather than, Mm. you know, be super, you know, like consistent but like infrequent um mm. like you you right now you're like figuring out like how to engage with you know this audience it's it's pretty big and just waiting to, to for you to take their attention pretty much um and yeah. so like look no doubt dude you're a fucking hustler you're gonna figure it out and you're gonna crack <laughs> the code you. so i'm i'm so here for it man i'm keen to see what you're gonna do i'm just keen to see um you know, some some more music coming out soon. Obviously, you got plenty in the tank. So, everyone who's listening, be sure to get in his fucking DMs and get those demos because it sounds like you're going <laughs> out like hotcakes. But um, yeah, hundred percent. Just DM me. I'll send you everything. I don't even care. Thanks to uh, thanks for coming onto the show, man. I really appreciate no, us having this having chat. Um, is there anything that you want people to hear on the way out tonight? Um, is there any particular song? Don't even play my song. Can you play um uh, Dada? Wait, I'm gonna just look up Dana Dentata. Um, uh, wait, what's the song called? Lil Blood. Play that. Don't even play my music. This this song is more important than any music that I've put out so far. <laughs> Dana Dentata, Lil Blood. Trust me, that's the song that I want to play out. Don't even play my music. Fuck it. Let's send it. All right, send me a link. Um, right, thanks, we'll man. I'll catch up with you at the end of this and um, figure out the the end of the show. But thanks for jumping on. Cool. Thanks, man. Thank you so much. It's been fun. I wish a bitch would. I fucking wish a bitch would. Consider that pussy I gave you charity. For all the bitches that are scared of me. Can you look it down in my mind? Telling me you're scared of a little blood. Bitch, I'm fucking serious. I need shit. I'm not even on my period. Take a dip if there's blood.
security For all the bitches that are scared of me Can you really get down in the mud? You're telling me scared of a little blood? What?